0: We gather here today to lay to rest the American League Central Division. Like, the whole division? Every team in it, gone? Well, no, the Indians are alive. Okay. But the rest of the division? It's over. They're all dead. The Twins, swept by the Kansas City Royals, that's hard to do. Like, you have to try to do that. And now, the foregone conclusion of the Indians being Central Division champs for the third straight season is pretty much now just... A legitimate formality, I think it's over.
1: I'm just more taken back by... Uh, there's an entire song with this. I, most people only know just the, the the very ominous part that you're playing right
0: now. Like, Do you know I, that I this... know that there's like an entire harmony that It's playing. nine and a half minutes long.
1: Oh my gosh!
0: Um, but I mean, that's, It gets a little happier here. Like, it starts off, it's, it's really sad. Kind of I mean, how Twins gets, fans felt when they were beating up on the here. Orioles a week or two
1: ago. Thought maybe they it's could make their own. Here. Look, looking ahead, you think, you know, Irvin Santana's on the horizon. He could come back and help save the season. Uh, but then somewhere around the five, six-minute mark, things get a little more ominous again, and it's back to uh, the sad, cold reality.
0: Welcome to the Selvia's Godcast. Zach Meisel here alongside two-time father, TJ Zupi. Reigning, defending. How's the newborn? Undisputed. How's the newborn? Uh,
1: she's doing well home with mom and her big brother, who is adjusting to life as no longer being the only child, and he's handled it pretty well, I think. Have you put a baseball in her left hand yet? <laughs> I have not put a baseball in her left hand, nor have I screamed to ask which hand she's throwing with. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I, no complaints. Everything's gone really well. I mean, I'm not, I didn't do anything until my wife. And Are my you tired? The hero at home doing nothing. I'm, I'm getting How was know, paternity semi-normal leave? sleep. Because anybody that's a father knows in the first uh, few weeks to first few months, there's only so much you can do because I don't have the right equipment to, to feed the baby. So I think you can get that on Amazon. <laughs> you can get just about anything on Amazon these days. Uh, but it will be delivered by the postal service, but who knows for how long. No. Um, yes, yeah, so everything's great. Everything, no, no complaints. Uh, I'm a little bit out of it, though, today. I don't know if you can tell, but just walking back into the clubhouse... You know, there's been a lot going on for the past few days, a lot to uh, consider, and and a lot of adjustments being made. So it's just like, you know, anyone else. So when... Got to make some adjustments. When was baby Avery born? Baby what, Avery what was born... What day was that? We went in on Wednesday, but she wasn't born until Thursday morning at one fifty-seven. One fifty-seven in the morning arrived,
0: And the Indians traded for Brad Hand.
1: Slightly afterwards. Like yeah. nine hours later. In typical Indians fashion, they always have to upstage everybody, and they thought, hey, we'll go out and get Brad Hand, we'll get Adam Simber, and everything, well, the focus will now be on our acquisitions, not on TJ and his wife welcoming a new child so into the world.
0: So what were you doing when you heard about the trade? <laughs> I, so and I, I'm more curious, like... Because you just had a baby. Yeah. Like a, a monumental milestone yes. in your life. So yes. how much did you care? I mean, I cared a little bit. Compared to how you would have cared if it was just a regular Thursday. Well, I mean, if it was a regular Thursday, and then
1: you and I would have had to have leaped into action and
0: I, I literally, stories. I, I
1: literally did that. We can get to that in a minute. But, uh, but when I was just on the sidelines on the paternity list I just got to watch it like anybody else I just got to watch it unfold because you knew you knew I was on the paternity list and not going to contribute and short of offering you a few timely retweets that's about all I was going to offer but to answer your question I was going to pick up lunch for my wife and she wanted to order she she delivered the baby where she works she works in a different floor at Chick-fil-A could could you believe it Uh, so I went to pick up some lunch for, for her and then for the, f- the floor that's above where she works. She's a nurse. So she wanted to order some pizzas. So I was out picking up some pizzas with Ethan. It's my two-year-old son. We were, you know, because you got you have to do some stuff with with the the child that's been here. Some exclusive stuff to make it not seem like everyone only cares about the baby and you're pushed aside. So we went on an adventure to go pick up some food and that's where my phone buzzed. I looked down. I started seeing the news roll in and the Indians went out and made the the gigantic trade. I will say, I don't think I fully processed how it was going to impact things. I mean, my brain was working almost instantaneously on thinking about it. But I don't think until maybe a couple of days later I didn't really process just not only how impactful that could be for the bullpen, but also seeing all of these reports now of teams chasing, whether it's Familia a few days ago, now uh, Zach Britton, all these rentals and and talk about prospects are going to get offered left and right. The Indians went out proactively and got probably the best reliever available on the market, who is under control for a long time. And then they threw in Adam Simber, who is a rookie, I know he's an old rookie, but he's a rookie that now has five years of control beyond this year. Uh, I think that was a, a hell of a job to not only get out in front of the market, and of course offering your top prospect will open the door for you, but just to get that done, to take something that was a huge problem and reduce some of that, some of the stress of that, um, and to allow yourself a little bit more time. it's not You're doing, doing it on July 31st. You're doing this you know, a couple weeks in, in advance of that, so you get to sort of settle the pieces a little bit sooner than everybody else making a trade. I thought the timing of it could not have been any more perfect, and I think who they got couldn't have been any more perfect.
0: It must be a nice feeling to, to knock that out 12 days before the deadline and not have to panic and, and jockey with other teams to, to, to get the guy you want. I mean, that's, got, that's going to be a great feeling. Um, I was... <laughs> I had just changed the speed on the treadmill <laughs> up to running speed. Had just gotten there. And then you went and chased the story. Literally less than 30 seconds. Um, Prices Right just started. Have to have Prices Right on while I'm at the gym. And I got a text and just not didn't even like slow it down just hit like the emergency stop button on the treadmill and sprinted to my car (laughs) which i then realized later like "Eh, i guess i still got something of a workout in yeah Um, you you did but then there's that awkward moment when it's like so i get in the car and then i start you know you try to report it so you text people and and you you tweet what you know and uh you monitor twitter and and everything else and and it's like the
1: thing is though i mean I think you and I were both got the same text, that there was a move coming, that we got yeah. alerted that there was a move on the horizon, but it was like fourth or fifth on the item list. Yeah. So I'm thinking it's something to the effect of something they've done here recently, where they go out and get a, a AAA guy, somebody else that can help, maybe somebody was passing through waivers they went and grabbed, just because it was so far down on the list. And so you and I knew something was, was coming, but neither of us knew that it was something Well, I got this, I got a text level. about
0: Mejia. I had an idea that Mejia was, was going to be traded. And then, like, I don't know, it was like five less than five minutes later when Rosenthal had the whole trade and tweeted it out. And so it's that awkward moment of you get in your car. Do you stay in your car and do what you can? Or do you drive home and, like, I think I had like a 10 minute drive home and those 10 minutes I'm just going to be wanting to refresh my phone and, and see what's up and if, if it rings or beeps like ah, I gotta read this and you're like hoping to stop at a red light so that you can pick up your phone anyway um, but I guess if, if you just had a kid 9 hours earlier you probably don't have any of that rush because it's, <laughs> it's so unimportant but we can talk about the trade itself and I thought we were it's funny because I think you pointed this out like we talked on this podcast a couple of weeks ago in this room. We spent the whole podcast debating. Yeah, perhaps. Would you the, trade Mahia? Perhaps Mejia? the bird in the ceiling was actually the bird that whispered in Internet and Charles ah, A little birdie told me. Yeah. Literally. We 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 debated, would you trade Mahia straight up for Brad Hand? Yeah. And we both had so much trouble answering that question. And it's almost like the two teams did, too, and then the Padres said, okay, well, what if we threw an Adam Simber, and both sides said, okay, that's fine, and there you have it. So we, we called this. This yeah. was our doing.
1: And I will take as much credit as I uh, deserve, which is probably none, but still, I'll take a victory lap on it, just because... Not so much that we kind of pegged some of the names involved, but that we both felt that anxiety. That ultimately the teams did too. It's nice to know that when you're evaluating these players, that you kind of have the same sort of idea of what these players could be in their value as the front offices that are discussing it. And I and I know some people said I can't believe the Padres threw in Simber because you know he's, you're getting him for five plus years of control here. I, mean, I understand why they did it, and this is one of those rare, one of those rare trades. I felt like, was an A for both teams. You, yeah. you accomplished something. Now, did the Padres probably give
0: up more than they should? Can we, can we can we say something, though, first? Okay, go ahead. Grades are stupid, period. Like, I love when...
1: Yeah, I would agree.
0: The, the, Having gone through school and gotten bad grades. <laughs> Ten so minutes. Just throwing them out the window. Ten minutes after the NFL draft, everyone has grades out. And it's like, <laughs> the, the, the kid hasn't played. You don't know how he's going to fit into that system. You don't know anything. And it's like... How can you grade that? Even if you graded it three years later, it still might be premature. Is Steve Herrick going to say something, or is he just what? You, what what you grade would you give he's his, his work at the
1: Associated Press? But do you say he's an A plus player? No, B, B minus. Uh, Steve, would you self evaluate I, yourself?
0: I I, I, I don't like doing that. You know? <laughs> I leave that up to other people. I leave that up to you guys. You know. To, do those sorts of evaluations. Well,
1: we'll thanks, Steve, for stopping by. Okay. Know, right. our, our back room at didn't Progressive mean, didn't, Field. Didn't mean to interrupt you. Okay, but so I think even fair.
0: when you're trading for a prospect, how can you give that a grade? I mean, would you have given the Indians an A for what they got for Michael for C.C. Sabathia? Because if you would have, then you're grading that based on Matt Laporta, when in reality it's, it's Michael Brantley who is the good player and Laporta was a bust. It's, it's Grades are stupid. Okay, your, your point Sorry, is very... Sorry, I had to get that out. Um, I, I only say A because
1: I feel like both teams accomplished what they needed to in this trade. Sure. I think the Padres probably gave up more than they should have. Giving up Simber, I think, if you just looked at it in a vacuum, you would say that doesn't make sense for the Padres to give up that yeah, player they would have had him with that much years. control. But, as you and I discuss all the time through text talking about, you guessed it, Harbaugh Dynasty, if you're trying to get the best player in the trade, which, if Francisco Mejia is what everyone has said he is going to be for the past two years and goes out and catches and it is above average bat, he is the best player in the trade. To get that done, sometimes maybe you have to give up more than you should for the
0: sake of getting the best player in the trade. Is that why you gave me Stephen Breen last week,
1: <laughs> and to I got back Kurt Malone? Kurt Malone, you're, you know, your he is your home run leader in your
0: franchise history. Full disclosure: We pulled off a absolute blockbuster, which nobody during can. an Indians game, um, <laughs> and no one even you didn't even realize that I had accepted it. I just threw it out there. It was just, you know, spitball. I, I was playing would... coy and just clicked accept and didn't say anything, <laughs> even though I was sitting next to you. Uh, but you get
1: my point. I understand why the Padres threw in an extra player, because they like if you like a player yes. that much... I'm with you. Give up give an extra, the star. Especially for a team like the Padres, who are a couple of years away from competing, all you care about is getting as much young talent as you can. How is a 27-year-old reliever? Granted, he has five more years of control, which is great. But how is that guy going to help you three years from now, four years from now. Is is it going to help? Yeah, but if it meant, means giving that guy up to go get somebody that could be your star, all-star catcher for the next six to ten years, then you do that. You don't hesitate about that, and that's why I think it made sense for the Padres, and for the Indians, two of their biggest needs, guys that they control for years, and Mejia is a guy that's still you question where he's going to fit positional, position-wise. Might be a tremendous hitter, but doesn't really align with with what you got going on at your big league level. So use your prospects for for two reasons. You have them. One is to bring them up and to help you win games, and the other one is to trade them for people that help you. Come in and win games, and I think it just made sense for both teams. I, I I think both teams did exactly what they needed
0: to do. Think about how the Padres turned this into getting one of the top prospects in baseball. Brad Hand was a waiver claim two <laughs> and a half years ago. But just when
1: to hit the waiver button.
0: Yeah, and and Adam Simber is a 27 year old rookie who just refined his delivery. And like, they've they've seen similar uh, gains with, with Craig Stammen and and Kirby Yates. Like. The Indians have done that too, but it's amazing that you can do that twice, find two guys off yeah. the scrap heap or two guys who aren't really well thought of relievers, and next thing you know, a couple years later you have Francisco Mejia. It's it's And there's so many elite relievers
1: that take that Yeah. That sort of take that path. I mean Andrew Miller is the one that everyone points to because it's easiest and he's very recently has done that, but um, but, know, the Marlins have done that with guys. so You yeah. see it.
0: This goes back to the offseason, though. I mean, the Indians said, okay, well, we have a finite amount of money we can spend. And even though I think we both advocated they should, should have added to the bullpen over the winter, um, and it was kind of foolish not to, I said Hector Rondon and Jared Hughes were two guys that I, I would have been interested in. They didn't sign for much, and they signed for multiple years. And we know the status of Cody Allen and Andrew Miller, as we've mm-hmm. repeated it many times. But I think the Indians said, okay, we can either do this now with some, a chunk of change we have, or we can address this in July. And we've been saying the whole time, the Indians are going to make moves in July because it didn't make sense for them to pay more in a trade when the April through July production didn't matter to them. You know, We knew they were going to win the division. We knew they had enough to win the division. It just mattered... What can whoever they acquire do in October? Yeah. And so that's why you see. I mean, it's it's kind of the same thing with the outfield. Like they have to make a move here to address the outfield, and it's you know they were never going to trade for Manny Machado before this season because what they they don't need him in April, May, June, July. They don't need him in August and September. They need him in October. So if they're going to make a trade, it's for those. You know, you hope eleven wins in October. It's not for 162 games. Yeah. Um, but this changes. The complexion of the bullpen, and it, it gives the Indians a really intriguing pitching staff. And, and if you think about how many pitchers do you really need in October that like are going to get those innings that matter? Eight? Uh, I mean, three or four starters, yeah. and how many relievers? Four? Maybe five? Four or five, yeah. Okay, well, Miller, Hand, Allen, Simber, one of your starters, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe even two, depending on the series. In a seven-game series, you probably have your number four starter in the bullpen part of the time. So, and then Neil Ramirez and, and Oliver Perez, I mean, they have that set, right? Yeah, those those become your fringe
1: guys that if you need them, they're there. And they have in flashes, uh, Perez even more so than just in flashes, been pretty good for you.
0: And if guys are healthy, isn't that as good as any other team can, can flunk? Yeah. I mean, I think that's as good as the Yankees I, or the Astros I or the Red Sox. I think there may be
1: some teams that are slightly better, but, I mean, you're right there in the same conversation. Yeah. Um, and it's it, you look at it, and it shouldn't be a weakness. Now, a lot of this comes down to, is Andrew Miller going to be anywhere close to Andrew Miller? You know, they can say that all things are great in the minors and that he's coming back. and I mean, Truth be told, he can go out there and strike out everybody in the minor. You don't know what happens until he gets up here and he's in some critical situations and you see how's the velocity look, how's that movement going, how's the knee holding up, how is he feeling. You know, All those things are variables that we don't know right now, which is why it was even more important that you go out and get somebody because you can't just count on Andrew Miller coming back and being 2016 Andrew Miller. He might be... A uh, th- uh, three quarters of that. Which if he's that, he's fine. He's still he's really good, but you can't just count on him being that same Grim Reaper
0: type. I just imagine like it's it's going to be they're going to be tough to beat, and I, I think people are overlooking this. I just that pitching staff, like you know Kluber's Kluber, whatever. They need him to be right, obviously. Carrasco or Clevenger, like you, if those guys pitch five innings then the way he can mix and match, Francona can mix and match Perez with uh, Simber and then go Hand, Allen, Miller, like, it's... Yeah,
1: there's a lot of options. It's that's, and that's I think a... adding another guy that's capable of just wiping out right-handed hitters is so important. I know yeah. you wrote about this, and I was thinking about it, too. The, the American League, to go through the gauntlet that it's going to be, there are so many good right-handed hitters. Yeah. Um, And the Astros can be very top-heavy right-handed. You know, hey, maybe that's where they go with the opener, Adam Simber opener. Um, (laughs) But in in reality, you know, you look through the Yankees; they have uh, two just looming
0: giants. Yeah, I mean, if you've got Judge coming up in the sixth inning, and you don't want to burn Cody Allen at that point, and you'd feel more comfortable with a righty than a lefty on the mound. I mean, they found the perfect guy. And the other thing, too. He doesn't too, give up home runs or fly balls. And you look at
1: the Yankees, too. Okay, so they usually stick uh, the left-handed hitting D in yeah. there in between them. So now you could, if you wanted to, you could go, Neil Ramirez won, Oliver Perez comes in, and then you have Simber come in. Yeah. And And now you don't feel like, I mean, you've burned three arms, but you still have depth behind them. And that's been the problem. You know, Tito's. Going out and burning through his starting pitching and asking them to go deep into these games. Um, and I think you and I have talked about a lot. There have been many times that I think they should have just eased off the gas. I understand you want to win a game. But it's also easy for us in our position to say that when we're not sitting there worried about winning games and how does this impact my job and where we're at and where we're at in the standings. This just allows him the opportunity to match up a little bit better and just to feel like he has more trusted options. And this puts. Dan Otero and Zach McAllister, God bless them, in better positions for them to succeed to. Now you don't have to put Zach McAllister, even though he was in one the other day and he got himself out of it somehow, uh, in Texas. You can put him more in that long relief, give you multiple innings when the game is out of hand. Dan Otero, same thing. But I know you wrote about it. Otero's been better against righties. Now you can just use him strategically when you need a ground ball mm-hmm. against a right-handed bat. It's you know super slow or something.
0: Pace to play, be damned. Watch out, Man, for Tito's <laughs> about to be switching pitchers every batter come October, and if it works, nobody complains. Um, so I, I think we both feel comfortable in, in with the pitching staff.
1: And uh, by the way, I, I would not be opposed in August at looking at another rental
0: relief, arm. sure. Well, but my question is this like, even when, when Andrew Miller comes back, who loses their job? There's I don't think there's enough room here for Otero McAllister. Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. I don't know. Oliver like, Perez will be your third lefty, but he's been so good, you can't cut him.
1: Yeah, and and of course you're not looking at it. He's not a third lefty because Hand and right, right, right. Miller are pitching against everybody. Um, yeah, I mean, it's but a you question. wouldn't keep him on
0: the roster just for that role. Yeah. Like I think otherwise, Tyler Olson would be here. I don't. I don't know.
1: But I, I'm, just, I'm more interested in adding to the pile ha- heading into. September. Right. Because I don't know. Like we said, Miller could have a relapse. I, I don't know. I, I do not know. Somebody else could get hurt unexpectedly.
0: And before everyone tweets at us or comments and says, well, obviously, get rid of Otero and McAllister. It's pretty simple. Know that we're looking at this from the team standpoint, and those two have somehow survived all this time and, and, also, and Otero's under contract what happened when year. you had
1: two unexpected injuries Right, everything went to shit so holding on to the guys that you at least know who they are yeah. and you, they're familiar they know what's expected of them you don't want to be back into a position where you're just running through AAA guys uh, all the time any, any way you can maintain your depth is what you're
0: trying to accomplish alright that's one trade let's talk about the outfield because it needs to be addressed Michael Brantley he's been good he's been somehow healthy uh, but he's headed for free agency yeah. Centerfield is some sort of platoon between Naquin and Rajay Davis and right field is Melky Cabrera with Brandon Geyer and this just it's so ugly. If you
1: had one of if you had center field or right field doing that with the stabilizing force in right, right field or center field, you could get by. In fact, if you had like if Bradley Zimmer was here and he was just kind of Doing what he did last year. Oh, we should play the funeral music for him. Oh, come on, man. I know it's going to be like 12 months for the guy, but give him a break. Um, Then I would feel completely comfortable with Naquin and Geyer. I think that's fine. If Naquin and Geyer is in right field and you have a more sturdy, everyday option in center field, I think that's fine. Agree. Or if you have a sturdy, everyday option in right field that you know what it is, you trust it, and you put them in right field, I would... Be okay-ish with Aquin and Davis or whatever combination you're getting away with in center field. The problem is right now, it's all in flux. And one, you pull one more, one more thing from out from under them, and it's all going to come. So from
0: let's him. fix that. Let's do it. I mean, uh, they're certainly going to make some sort of maneuver here to address it. And there are a few options. You know, you could just trade for an outfielder. You could trade for a third baseman. Slide is the second. Move Jason Kipnis back to the outfield. I don't know if that solves a whole lot, but, you know, you weigh your options. You weigh what guys can do production-wise, and you see what you like. Uh, you could also just play Yandy Diaz a third, move Kipnis to the outfield. Maybe you still want to trade for somebody. So, what do you got? Who, what would be your top target?
1: The thing I would do right now, without question... Is the thing that they won't do. They won't put Yanni Diaz in right field, and I think until you get that thing either permanently fixed or you find out if Yanni Diaz can play right field, I if if you're willing to do it with Francisco Mejia, why can't you do it with Yanni Diaz? I, are, are you telling me he's going to be that much worse? I know he had a real bad day. What was it, in Toronto last year when he couldn't? Yeah, see that guy, and that was kind of ugly. That I mean, it was brutal. I mean, he was dropping line Oh, God. His butt was plastered on the left field wall. Um, I I would just see what happens. See what happens. I mean, we've talked about experimenting. If you're willing to put Carlos Santana and Jason Kipnis out there in the playoffs and you're talking about with Francisco Mejia, just, just go do it. Just go do it for a few games. See what happens. Maybe you're pleasantly surprised, or maybe you're not. But either way, at least I find something out. Otherwise, I'm just sitting here looking at him. Trying to figure out how I can get Yanni Diaz on this team because I think he should be up here. He should be hitting. Every time he goes up, even when he's an out, he's a tough out. He's a guy that's seeing a lot of pitches and guys have to work. Um, And he's hit the ball hard everywhere still. I just, let me see what he's got. That's what I would do. Number one thing, I would put him out in right field, but they won't do it.
0: Going into uh, the series opener against Pittsburgh, Diaz leads the Indians this season with a 545 batting average, just ahead of Shane Bieber. So, but no, we can't play him. Beavers' OPS? Uh, I, I don't know. Like uh,
1: nine something. Nine ninety nine. It's a double, right? Yeah, so it would be three thirty three plus six sixty six. Is he one for three? One for three. Yeah.
0: Oh. Yeah. I thought he so it was it'd one be for two. Nine ninety nine. That's like a well, thousand no, no, no. OPS. No, it's it was a double, so his slugging is. That's what I'm saying. Oh yeah, I'm adding wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Nine ninety nine. It's nine ninety nine. Is it nine ninety nine? That's pretty good. Not as good as Jose Ramirez, though. Okay, so that would be my solution. What do you do?
1: They're not going to do that. So, okay, well, now what's the next thing?
0: Yeah. So, the issue, too, is, like, do you, you don't know if Melky can help you. What are you doing there? I mean, that's another thing where they feel more confident with him there. And they like the switch hitting ability. Like, Yandi was fine at third base down the stretch. He was playing almost every day last year. He, he would have played he, like, there in the playoffs. kind of hurt that, his hamstring yeah, or something I, and then just dropped off the face of the earth. Did he have a hand injury or something? Or his maybe his hand? hand, yeah. yeah. Um, I I don't know. I would put him at third, move Ramirez to second. Like, are you against putting Kipnis back in center? Yes. Yes, 100%. Okay, why? I, I, Is he that much worse than Naquin out there? I trust... I know his arm is a lot worse, but... Like, I trust Naquin out there more than I trust Kipness. What about
1: if it's Game 6 of the World Series? <laughs> who's playing right field? Not Chis and all. So now I don't have to worry about who's calling off who.
0: Whom. Whom. Yeah. Whom is uh, calling off whom?
1: I'll take I'll take Naquin's arm being an asset in center field. That's fair. Even with the... potential range questions just because he could make a guy think twice about taking an extra base.
0: I mean, I'm with you. If Yanni Diaz could play right field, that would be an easy answer here. But I don't... I mean, they're not going to do that. So I'm going to go look at the uh, trade front. I'm going to still vouch for Yanni to play certainly against all lefties. He could play third base. He could play first base, DH, whatever. Um, You could sit Kipnis or Alonso. Uh, On the trade market, though... There's a lot of options. There are no easy answers here. Like, Brad Hand was so obvious. Um, and here it's different because, one, some of the most interesting names, we don't know if they're going to be available. The team that's in town this week, the Pirates, are scorching hot. So remains to be seen whether they would move Starling Marte, Gregory Polanco, Corey Dickerson, all three of those. The Indians should be pounding Neil Huntington's phone and, and just – Asking Why would they and be pounding his phone, I and mean, he couldn't answer it because it'd be smashed. I meant pounding his door, but <laughs> they, they're probably not going to go meet face to face unless Huntington's here. But then he that you wouldn't go to his hotel, so I don't. know. You pound his phone, okay? I, th- there's a lot of like interesting names, but like so if the if the pirates guys aren't available, then I don't know. I like, mean, you mentioned Derek Dietrich; he's interesting. He went to Ignatius. And he has in the past played a little infield, a yeah. little outfield.
1: Tito would love that. Um, in the playoffs, could that free up a bench spot for Yanni Diaz because you don't need to carry Eric Gonzalez? I mean, something to consider. I, I think Dietrich would be uh, a fine platoon uh, option. I, I would I would be much more in favor of Dietrich in right, Naquin in center against righties, and then Geyer in right. I guess Davis in center field against lefties. And I, I, I think that scenario is so much better than what they're doing right now with Melky Cabrera and they're trying to get by with Melky. Okay, yeah. Dietrich would, would be a guy that I absolutely would have a ton of interest in. I think he would fit their roster beautifully. He's having a really good year in his career. Uh, consistently has been an above-average player. The only time he was below average was last year, and it wasn't dreadful. He's just a little bit below average offensively in run creation. Um, it has been 25% better than league average this year I would absolutely take Dietrich put him in right field and utilize his flexibility as, as you could uh, that would be a fine fit
0: so one guy I don't think makes much sense is Curtis Granderson I don't think he gives you a whole lot more than what Naquin, Melky Cabrera and that, that group is I don't know if that's an upgrade I would say the same thing about Billy Hamilton um, I think he's basically Rajay Davis but 10 years younger about Eight to ten that. years
1: younger. Raj probably. I haven't looked at the comparison. Maybe Raj gives you a little bit more offensively, and obviously Billy Hamilton is a beast in center field and right. would steal would save you a ton of runs in in center field defensively.
0: But that's I, I'm not I'm not worried about defense. I mean, I, I think the Indians have said that too. I've that's why at, in the center. At your hardball dynasty roster. I know that's true. Yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> um, I mean, the, the the interesting thing is is the Pirates guys because like. If you went, if Neil Huntington answered your pounding and <laughs> and said, okay, we'll Dude, make. What are you doing on my phone? We'll make Marte available. <laughs> make I mean, this trade, I'm going to smash it. He would be perfect in center. He's, I think he signed for three more years, uh, including a couple options. Like, Gregory Polanco could be a right fielder for the next five years. He's yeah. got some power. But, like, what are you going to give them? You're going to give them McKenzie and Bieber and. Yuchang Chang and Bobby Bradley for Starling Marte? Is that enough? Uh, I would For Marte, I would I would give them everything they need
1: outside of Bieber. Outside of Bieber. And the only reason why I'm not giving up Bieber is because he's helping me win games right now. And I'm going to need that probably Agreed. in the postseason. Uh, but I would, tra- and, and I would next trade year, McKenzie. There's, there's not much rotation depth. Tr- true. But I'm less... I feel like I can probably... I, I'm just looking at this outfield this year and beyond. And... To, plug in Marte to help me fix it. It's the same thing as we were just just talking about with Hand and and Simber. I can now take something that is a gigantic question mark and reduce this a little bit next year, while also greatly improving my chances of going out and winning a World Series this year.
0: And and, and if you re-sign Brantley, or even if you don't, and we're just talking about this year, an outfield of Brantley and left, Marte and center, and a platoon of either Cabrera or Naquin plus Geyer... That's a really good outfield. That's fine. I, I, you are perfectly happy with that. Um, but I I think you are going to have to blow their doors down, and I don't know that the Indians... Blow their phone off. I don't know that the Indians have the ammo to do that. I would be all about it, though. And and
1: this is... you. Know, we see the Pirates like on highlights, and we see what they do. Uh, it's tough for me to just comment from the outside, not knowing much about their situation. But I... I would find it really foolish on their part if they bought too much into this recent hot stretch. Agreed. If if the Indians are willing to give them three of their best prospects for Marte right now, would you believe more in doing that or believe just in this recent stretch where it's gotten you in a position where you're sti- you've had to play your best baseball just to get within striking? You're not even in a playoff spot right now. And look at that you, decision. Just got, you just got within striking distance. So you basically have to keep up this pace for the rest of the year, which they could do, but I think that's just to play in a wild card game, though. Exactly, and they've done that before, and they see just how volatile that that can be. And that's not, the Indians, first and foremost, have to step up to the plate and give them exactly what they want to make that happen. But I think the Pirates would be foolish to say, no thanks, we're just going to ride this out.
0: In a vacuum, they should tear down or something like that. I mean, I, again, I don't know like what the deal is with ownership or revenue or the fan base. But like, you look at that division and the Cubs are the Cubs. The Brewers are certainly on the rise and, and look like they're going to be a force for a few, few more years at least. The Reds are like, they're scary. I mean, I, we talked about this, but their lineup is really good, and they've got a lot of young kids coming up. Um, and the Cardinals are they are always going to be in the conversation. So it, that, that division is just really – it's the antithesis of the AL Central. And I don't see how hanging on to these guys is going to help. you. And we don't need to analyze the Pirates. And, and maybe I'm just saying this because it would be fun to see Sterling Marte or Gregory Polanco or even Corey Dickerson in Cleveland. But uh, – yeah, Dickerson from and – th- and that's he another one. He seems like the like. Indians sort of guy. Well, think about
1: it. This, again, makes sense where you pick up Dickerson for, like, next to nothing, and now you can turn that into some sort of asset for the future. Mm-hmm. Are you going to overlook that just because you've gotten yourself back in to a little bit more of a playoff picture? And I know this is easy for us to see, sit here and do this playing GM because we're not thinking – about people and jobs and the actual human element of it. We're thinking of it more so in terms of controllable assets and... But if, if you can turn things you have now into things you can have for the future, I just don't know how you would walk away from that. I, I In the Pirates' position, if a team like the Indians comes knocking on your phone and says we're willing we're prepared to give you three of our top prospects right now for starling Marte. i don't know how you could walk away and i and that would be the guy of all the guys we've talked about that i think is most worth it just because you have the control he helps fix a problem now and he fixes it in the future he's a right-handed stick to put among your your plethora of left-handed bats i just think it makes so much sense on so many levels
0: do you want to do a random indian
1: yeah, uh, is it Corey Dickerson? No. So we have today. You know they could still go out and get Coco Crisp again.
0: He's a free agent. The Cleveland Indians two thousand season in review. Yeah. Little uh, spiral bound notebook here. Uh, this is we're in the room with all the media guides, so what, you never know you what 89 you're gonna find. Eighty nine wins that year. That was the year they finished ninety and seventy two, I think, and they finished one game out from a playoff spot. Yeah, they. they it's completely underachieved. The pitching was a mess. And then Manny Ramirez walked at the end of the season. Didn't he? He hit, he hit the home, home run, run in the last day. Yeah, got a standing ovation. Yeah. and then he walked. This is a pitcher. This is just a. The Indians had the worst pitching I've ever seen that year. Steve Woodard. No. Uh, Jason Barre. The Indians acquired this pitcher in 1998. Okay. He is a... Oh, he only has one page. Okay, well. No, I'm probably not going to get this then. Did you know that he attended Lewis Clark State College? I, I you, You're you going to be really surprised. I didn't know that. All right. Uh, he had tendonitis in his elbow in 1999. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I, the problem is that any actual clue I'm going to give you, you're going to nail it. All right. When they traded for him, they got him from the Giants along with Jacob Cruz. And they sent Jose Mesa, your boy Alvin Mormon, and Sean Dunstan to San Francisco. Is this Steve Reed? He was Adam Simber before Adam Simber. It is Steve Reed. I I was trying to think of other Indians relievers who have had that sort of sidewinding. Obviously Joe Smith, side armor. Matt Miller. Matt Miller. Anybody else came to mind? Uh, I know we're forgetting one. I can't think of one off the top of my head. So Steve Reed in 2000 he had a 4.34 ERA in 57 games. 4.34 ERA that year probably like led the led league. Led the league, yeah. Uh, it was the ERA plus that year? I, this, this, they didn't have that in the. Where two, is that in, in the, the media 2000 guide? media guide? What was his FIP? I don't know. But his walks, Did it list his expected weight on In 56 innings, average? he had 39 strikeouts, 21 walks. That would, you wouldn't even, you'd be in double A these days with that.
1: So. Yeah, but that was when baseball was more fun because they put the ball in play more. More ground balls to shortstop. That'll fix things. So that's it. The funeral.
0: You have a baby. There was a trade. Yeah, we didn't talk about your life at all. Mine, <laughs> that's okay. What would you do over the All-Star break? Uh, that's a secret, but you'll find out soon on The Athletic. Maybe soon. Wow. You're going to put your birth announcement there? I did have an enjoyable uh, work trip, though, with a random Indian who I'll be writing about soon. It was not Steve Reed. It was not Jason Barre. and it was not... uh, Who else did you say? Uh, Steve Woodard. Steve Woodard. Yeah, of course. Uh, Yeah. Thanks for listening. Any... uh, what, what are we on now? Stitcher and... Yeah, that's one. Apple Podcast.
1: Apple There's Google Podcast. Don't forget that Spotify. one. Spotify. We're on Spotify. And Podbean and... Is that a real one? That, no, that's a real one. I saw somebody else tweet about Podbean. It was like one of the f- three things they tweeted out. What so about Audio Slave? It's Pretty. <laughs> that's a band. Oh. But unfortunately, they're not making any more songs because their singer passed away.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, well... well, well Good thing I got some funeral music oh, right. handy. Well, yeah. you can subscribe to the podcast there.
1: And, of course, you can subscribe over at The Athletic, where we're always having deals going. Right now, we're doing, what, 40% off?
0: Yeah. The uh, little start of the second half deal that you can get. And I think maybe some of these deals have free T-shirts. The T-shirts and are And also,
1: great. if you would like to help us out, don't subscribe. I'll just... Going anywhere on the site. Click on one of our articles and subscribe. Give us the credit. Don't give the credit to like Mark Kerrigan, New York, who doesn't deserve it. Yeah. Or Ken Rosenthal. Yeah. Isn't that guy got enough subscribers? I mean, come on. Click on one of ours. Keep us going. Any final words? Uh, Final words. uh, I'm going to try to. I'm just going to hopefully not get a text message in the next few hours that says, get home now. Otherwise, you'll be uh, here by yourself for the next couple of
0: days. So, As long as
1: I can avoid that, that means I'll still be here. I'm just praying for some quick games because I miss my daughter already. Aww. I don't think the feeling is mutual, though. That's a good way to end it. Once again, I I do not have the proper equipment to give her everything that she needs. So, until next week, we're out of here. See ya. Bye-bye.